Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. The title of my message this morning here is Bigger Than a Boat. Bigger Than a Boat. I don't know if uh, you guys recognize this, but this is the Ark Encounter. It's out there in Kentucky, and it is huge, huge. How many have been to the Ark Encounter? A couple of people. How big was it? It's huge, right? Ginormous out there. I don't know if you can see those little, those little dots there at the bottom underneath the pillars there. Those are people, right? So that just gives you some kind of idea of the scale of how big this, uh, this uh, Ark that they've created out there is. Now, this is just a representation. We don't know what the actual Ark looked like. Uh, lots of people say lots of different things. We know what the sizes were. We know what the measurements were. We know what it was made out of. We know a lot of specifics, but an exact picture of it, we're not sure. But it was probably something very similar to this. And uh, it's, just, it's just huge, and it's massive. And I can't wait to go out there and check it out one day. Uh, my wife, we were already looking at uh, the cost and the tickets of going out there, and they have the Creation Museum, which isn't far. Uh, and we were looking at going and, and doing that whole thing and taking the trip. And uh, I can't wait to get up there because they say it's just when, when you get there, you, you know how you can see a picture of something and you're like, oh, that looks big. But then you get there and you're like, oh, man, this, the picture did nothing for, for how incredible this is. Uh, well, we can't wait to get out there sometime and, and check it out. We think it would be crazy. Um, but the craziest part of the whole story of Noah is not the ark. It's, it's, it's not how big the ark was. Uh, the craziest thing about Noah's Ark was that as huge as it is, it is not the biggest part of the story of Noah. As, as, as massive as this thing is and, and all the animals from all the earth that they were able to cram onto this thing and they were able to live on for over a year, all right? Noah was on the Ark for a year, all right? And, and, and as long as they were on it and all these things that they were on there for, it is not the biggest part of the story. The biggest part of the story is something that we're going to take a look at today. Because the story of Noah is so much bigger than a story about just a boat. Because the boat itself is not what saved Noah. It's not what, uh, it might be what he wrote on, but it's not what saved him. And we're going to take a look at that today. We're going to take a look at what really saved Noah and his family. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 6 today. Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 8 is where we're going to start. We're going to, uh, and then we're going to jump through to uh, chapter 7 as well a little bit. But we begin with this. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord says, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race that I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word this morning, I just pray that you would help speak to our hearts and help us to see the message that you have for us today. Help us to learn how, uh, just like Noah, we can grow closer to you through times of disaster, Father. Be with us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
All right, so there's a couple of important things we're going to take a look at about Noah and his ark this morning. And the first one is this. God saw Noah. God saw Noah. Now, the story begins where, where God kind of comes onto the scene, and we hear him, and we're, we're hearing about how he's looking out over the, the, the whole earth, and he's looking at all the people and all that's going on, and he sees everything, and he says, man, these people are just a mess. I, I, I'm so upset that I created these people because all they're doing all the time is just sinning. It's just every, every bit, every piece, everything that they think, everything that's in their heart, everything that they do is just evil all the time. Now, to put that in a little bit of context, I want you to think about today, right? Most of us would say that we have all kinds of issues in our world today, that we have a lot of problems and that there's a ton of evil out there in the world. If you don't believe me, just turn on the news. They like to accentuate those things and, and make it seem like that's all that's out there, right? But there is so much evil out in our world today, and we all see it every day. We wake up, we go through our lives, there's just so many different things. But as crazy as our world is, and as much sin and as much bad as there is in our world, there's still some good in our world. Most of us, we look, somebody has a baby, you hold the baby and you just, oh, this is so amazing. It's such a great moment. You're sitting there, it's cute, you're doing, the, you know. There's different things in our world today that we would say are great things. You have a wonderful time. You, 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 know, uh, you fall in love with somebody. That's a beautiful thing that God has created and, and, and brought about. There's different things in our world that, that are just so amazing and so beautiful still. So to think about how Noah's time, he's saying everything was just that bad that God said, I got to get rid of it. Even today, God looks and there's still some things that he can see that is like, oh, you know what? I'm going to let it go a little longer. I'm going to let it go a little longer. But at Noah's time, that's how bad it was. Everything was so bad and so evil. Um, <laughs> I think there's some bad coming. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to find out. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yet in the middle of all this bad, right? Yet in the middle of all the bad... <laughs> Uh, we see Noah, and God sees Noah. He, he says, you know what? There's this whole sea of bad people out there who are doing nothing but evil all the time, completely evil. Every thought, every action, every, everything that they do is so bad. And yet, in the middle of it all, I'm going to point to my family because I can, and, and my wife, and I'm going to say, you know, he looks out and he sees this man Noah and his family. And he says, oh, you know what? In the sea of all the evil and the, all the bad that's going on, I see Noah. God saw him. In this verse, it says, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Why is that? Was God just trying to pick favorites? Did he just want to, you know, he's like, oh, you know, I don't like these guys, but yeah, Noah, he's good over there. I, I, I'll take him. No, it actually says further down in verse number nine, it says this. It says that God noticed Noah because he was the one guy who was doing things right. Who was doing things right. Verse number 9 says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Isn't it encouraging to know that in a world full of evil, God will see the people who are doing what's right? You can be completely surrounded. You can, be, you can work a job that you hate and you're there. 
And you're kind of stuck there, and you're completely surrounded by evil. You're completely surrounded by bad, and it's tough, and you, you slog through it every day because you kind of have to do it, and you don't have any other choice. It's a, you might be completely surrounded by people who are doing wrong or things that aren't going right or just in a world or a country or whatever where bad might be going on, and God can step in, and he can pick you out of the crowd if you're the one who's honoring him. He will see you. You could be in the middle of a, a, a country that has completely rejected the Lord. And you can find your way. You see something, you get a Bible, you whatever, and you decide to give your heart to the Lord. God can see that person right in the middle of that time. And he could say, this is somebody who's doing what's right. And that's what he saw with Noah. He saw a man who was trying to follow him and to honor him. Um, so God steps in to Noah's life at this time. Everybody's doing wrong, all this evil going on all around. And God steps in and he says, you know what, Noah, you're a good guy. I'm going to walk with you. And it talks about how God came alongside Noah and he helped him and he guided him. And he went with him as he was moving through the world. And God helped to prepare Noah for what was coming. Which brings us to point number two. The flood still came. The flood still came. Uh, chapter 7, verse number 11 and 12 says this. In the 600th year of Noah's life, 600, whew, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were open, and rain fell on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. As great and righteous as Noah might have been, God still brought a flood into his life. Just because he was doing things right and was walking with the Lord, God didn't keep the bad things from coming into Noah's life. Noah himself, it, it's so crazy when you read this because you're, you're thinking to yourself, Noah himself was not the guy who's doing anything wrong. It's everybody else who was doing everything wrong. Everybody else was messing up. Everybody else was doing sinful things. Everybody else was doing evil. Why didn't God just do something to them? Why did he have to allow difficulty into Noah's life? And it gets even crazier than that, right? Because you saw the picture of the ark. The ark is not this small little project that God assigned to Noah to do. He said, hey, Noah, you know, I got something for you. Uh, there's a lot of evil, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with the way the world's going. I'm kind of going to have to do some things. I need you to build a boat. And Noah's probably thinking, okay, how big is, you know, how big could the boat really be? And then he starts laying out the dimensions of the boat and how big it has to be. And Noah's like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. So the project to build the ark took Noah 100 years. It took Noah 100 years to build the ark. Now, I don't know about you. I'm going along. I'm honoring the Lord. I'm doing what's right. Everybody else is doing wrong around me. And yet God comes to me and says, hey, I want you to slave away on this difficult project and build this boat, and it's going to take a long time. That doesn't seem fair, does it? That doesn't seem right. 
I know in our world right now, everybody's always worried about, well, that's not fair, and this isn't fair, and that's not right. The Bible makes very clear to us that there's no such thing as fair, <laughs> right? We have this concept of what we think should happen to us, but the Bible doesn't teach uh, that everything should be exactly fair all the time, right? And, and so we see that we have Noah here, and he's like, wait a minute, so I got to work, I got to do all this stuff, 100 years, I'm going to be working on this thing. And this was a big project. This was a big project. Noah wasn't doing anything wrong, but the flood came anyway. And he had to work to prepare for that flood. Why? Why does God still allow the flood to come? Why did Noah have to go through all of this difficulty and all of these hardships? The truth is, the inconvenient truths of Scripture. The truth is that God had some things to take care of that were a little bit bigger than Noah and his family. That sounds crazy to us, right? Because in our world right now, everything is about our comfort. Everything is about us being okay. You know, if it feels good, do it. If it's good for you, as long as you're not hurting anybody else and all this other stuff, the stuff that the world teaches us, right? But it's ridiculous. We see Noah, he's here. And he's not doing anything wrong, but God has some other things that he's got to take care of. And it sounds harsh, but the truth is sometimes God has to take care of some things that are a little bit bigger than your comfort. You don't believe me? Just ask Mary. Mary had to watch her son die in the worst way possible that they had at that time. Mary had to watch as they nailed her son to a cross, as they whipped him and as they beat him, and they put him up on the cross. I bet she wasn't too thrilled with that. She wasn't doing anything wrong. Why is it that she had to go through that? Well, God had some plans that were a little bit bigger than Mary at that point. Jesus needed to go through what he went through, because without that, none of us would have forgiveness of our sins. And so God had a plan that he had in action. He had something he was taking care of. He had something he was doing that was bigger than Mary could understand at that time. It was bigger than what Noah could understand at that time. Today it may feel like God is allowing the world to come crashing down all around some of you as well. Um, we are in a very crazy time. We're in a time um, where the world is, is, is changing in incredible ways. And, and, and it can feel like everything is going crazy around you. There's still some people, there's still some people who might not be here today because they're nervous about getting around a big group of people at a church. The world is crazy for people. The world is changing. We don't take the offering plate anymore. We have the box in the back. We all have to wear masks now, right? The world was changing in their time. But God is able to get you through your global disasters, just like he was able to get Noah and his family through theirs. Now, I'm not going to pretend I understand God's thinking on everything. I don't know why he allows these things that he does. Noah might not have understood fully all that God was doing, or why he was doing everything he was doing. All that Noah knew was he better get started building. He had a project to do. 
I don't understand everything. I don't understand why, you know, these things are happening. But one thing I do know for sure is God knows why. God knows why. Why would God allow? Why would God? I don't know. But he does. He's doing it for a reason. And you know what? He's going to provide for you through that. He's going to be with you through those difficulties, through those times of, of, of trial and difficulty and, and disaster. God can see you through those, just like he did with Noah and with Mary. He can guide us and be with us when we're going through these disasters that we face from time to time. So the first thing we looked at was that God saw Noah in there amongst all the, the bad people. Second thing was that the flood came anyway. He allowed it to happen. And then one last note I have is because of the flood, everything was changed. Everything was changed. Verses number 20 through 23 say this. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than 20 feet. Every living thing that moved on the land perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth, and all mankind. Everything on dry land that had a breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. People and animals and creatures that move along the ground and the birds were wiped out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. Noah and his family had to deal with a world that was changing all around them. Everyone um, that they had known was now gone. Everyone was dead. Every, the, the place where they grew up, the place where they lived, their home, all of those things, that was all destroyed. It was all wiped away. And while they went off on their little cruise with some couples that they knew, right? Two of uh, every animal, right? They take them, they go on their little cruise, and they're hanging out for a while, and they had a nice long extended time out on the ocean. Well, once they get back from that, the entire world, the whole landscape of the entire earth was now changed. Completely different from when they left. That's a lot of change. I guarantee, I guarantee, and I'm not going to look, but I guarantee there's some people in here today who are upset because their normal seat they sit in is roped off, right? I'm not going to, you know, I, I don't know, but I guarantee there's some of us, we're like, hey, I always sit here. Why, why is this little string here? What's going on? How come we got, you know, go, why do I got to wear a mask? How come I can't, you know, how come I can't sing the way I normally do? How come I got to be a little more quiet and you know, we have things that we're adapting to and we're changing. But they're little changes for the most part. They seem huge to us. It's not like the entire world being completely different, like in Noah's day. We're still here. It's the same room, same church, same people. So we get upset over these little changes. Noah was having to deal with this enormous change. Um... There are probably going to be times where major changes are going to happen in our lives. We're living through one right now. And you know, when we walk with God, there are going to be times when he changes more than we might feel comfortable with him changing. There are going to be times when he may literally change the entire world all around us. Like we're kind of experiencing right now. But that's okay. Because just like Noah, we have a hope 
on the other side of all that change. The name of our church, the reason we call it what we do is because the world needs hope. The world needs hope. There's so much hopelessness and desperation in our world today, but we are not hopeless. We have hope on the other side of all of this. We have hope through all this change. Everything that's taken place, all the masks and the crazy things that we got to do now, hand washing and sanitizers are all over. You got us bathing it once you get home from church and the whole thing, right? It's all ridiculous. But all the stuff we got to do these days, there's hope on the other side of all this. We know we have that hope. Not everybody does. And we need to be able to share that with people. Now, I could, be pretty, I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure one of the biggest changes is going to be the day we enter heaven. I don't know about you. I'm hoping heaven's different <laughs> than earth is, right? It better be. <laughs> you know, by the time I get up there, oh, man. You know, we need it to be different from here because there's so much bad here, like we talked about earlier. I don't want none of that up there, and there isn't going to be any of that up there. It's going to be a huge change. It's going to be a huge change for us. But you know what? I guarantee we're going to enjoy it. It's going to be something we're going to have a good time with. We're going to like it. You'll be happy when that change takes place. It'll be the biggest change that you've ever seen, but we'll be happy on the other side. God will see you through your difficult times. He will get you through those times of disaster when the world is coming down all around you. And he will bring you to the place of peace on the other side. So what's the takeaway for us here this morning? Noah put his faith in God. And we should too. Because without faith, the story of Noah would be a story about the end of the world. Without faith, Noah doesn't build the ark. Without faith, we wouldn't exist right now. Everyone would have died in the flood. And none of us would have ever been born. Without faith. But Noah put his faith in the Lord. And the story continues. The story keeps on going. We haven't reached the end. It wasn't the story of the apocalypse. It wasn't the story of the end of the world. It was the story about how God brought Noah and his family through a difficult time. And he got them through to the other side. Faith led Noah and his family through their time of difficulty. His faith was much bigger than his boat. And so was his Savior, thankfully. If you put your faith in Jesus and listen to his direction, he will see you through your times of difficulty. He will do it. You just got to put your faith in him and trust that he knows why it's happening, even if you don't understand it, and that he's going to guide you through. And all you got to do is train yourself to hear his voice, to listen for him, to see what direction he wants you to go in, and to take the steps to start building your boat. He'll guide you through. He'll get you through the times of difficulty. As we prepare to close today, I believe the Lord wants to remind us that he sees those who are walking with him. That he wants to lead us through our times of disaster. 
And even though everything might change in the process, every way we might have done something before, every way we might have worked before, every way, the, every way that we might have done church before might be different moving forward. But those changes that come, he'll get us through those. He wants to lead us to a place of peace on the other side. If you put your faith in Jesus, he will take care of you. Won't you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for you this morning, Lord. What a wonderful message. What a wonderful story about an incredible man who walked with you, Lord, who heard from you who you saw and you provided for, Lord. God, I pray that you would help us to take on the big tasks sometimes. Sometimes you ask us to make big changes. I pray that you would help us to make them, Lord. I pray that we wouldn't be afraid to rock the boat a little bit and that we would be able to get through the difficult times that we're facing. I pray that you would see your people through this time. There's some people who are really hurt right now, really confused right now, still trying to figure everything out. There's people who are scared, Lord, and I know that you see each one of them. And that just like Noah, Lord, I pray you would come alongside them, that you would walk with them, and that if they would listen to you, Lord, you would guide them and give them the way forward. You would show them how to proceed, Lord. Be with your people, Father. Lord, for those who don't know, who haven't put their faith in you yet, Lord, I pray that you would be with them this morning. For everyone who might be here today, who's been dancing around on the sidelines and not sure whether they should jump in, I pray that they would meet with you, that you're, you would stir in their heart today, and that you would help them to know that you're real and that you care for them and love them and want to guide them through. Give them the faith to take that first leap of faith and say, Lord, would you please come into my heart? Would you show yourself to me and help me to know that you're real and help me to serve you and to honor you with my life? Be with those who don't yet know you, Lord. Be with those who do. And continue to guide them through their times of disaster and their times of difficulty. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.